Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, I'm privileged to have a very, very senior corporate professional, Mr. Ajay Kumar Pandey with me. Ajay, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh, for having me. Thank you. Ajay is an independent director, a former CEO and a transformational leader. He has served uh, on the board of Nelco as an independent director. He is focused on ICT, power, energy, and infrastructure. And he has been the past chairman of FIKI's Urban Infrastructure and Smart Cities Committee. Ajay, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your career or your life? It's always a tricky one to pull out three important uh, uh, milestones mm-hmm. out of uh, three and a half decades plus of career. But I think uh, if I look back, you know, entry into the telecommunications sector when it was just getting privatized. In fact, mm-hmm. I was one of the early birds, mid-90s. And just after the licensing raj was getting over and things were beginning to get privatized. So telecom was something where I moved in. This is about, this is, you know, goes back to 96. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think rest, as they say, is the history. And I was very, very fortunate that I got to work uh, with one of the respected names uh, of uh, Indian business. That is the Tata Group, which is now a global business, so to Correct. speak. Correct. And uh, yeah, so it's been, uh, you know, both in India and overseas uh, in telecoms with the Tata group. I think that has been a fantastic milestone. So that's one very clearly, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, Ashtosh, which uh, rings a bell straight away is uh, uh, around 2005, uh, I was called by the group headquarters at uh, Tata group and mm-hmm. I was the chosen one. Uh, to be sent to the shores of South Africa mm-hmm. and uh, uh, from a mere laptop in my bag and I was asked to set up a telecoms company there wow. because Mr. Uh, Mr. Ratan Tata was on the advisory council of the uh, president, uh, economic advisory council of the president of South Africa and after mm-hmm. the apartheid era, Correct. it was part of the reconstruction process and telecommunications costs were very high so Mr. Mm-hmm. Tata had offered a uh, helping hand and uh, I was the nominated uh, managing director and the CEO to go and start that company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So which in a way gave me a different perspective, gave me a chance to meet up with the likes of uh, Honorable Nelson Mandela, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of other uh, people and uh, you know multiple shareholders and so on and so forth. And uh, so I served there for about six years. So that I think uh, uh, was the second uh, uh, you know, important milestone in my career, which uh, mm-hmm. added that thing. And uh, the third one is uh, pretty recent. Uh, in 2015, I was uh, asked to uh, be the managing director and CEO of uh, Prime Minister's, uh, uh, you know, one of its pet projects called Gift City Gujarat. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I had never thought that I'll get a chance to work with, uh, you know, the powers to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, you know, virtually do something transformational. So I think the common thread out of all of these three milestones, if you will, in that sense, mm-hmm. uh, Ashtosh is uh, that I was fortunate and I must thank God. I must thank, uh, you know, everyone and everyone in the professional world that I got a chance to be part of uh, transformational things when they were non-existent, so they were just about coming up. And I, I was able to put in my hand and 
you know contribute my brick into that building that got created so i think these three very distinctly stand out in my journey so far so let's let's talk about your third milestone which is gift city um you know which is uh, what what you would refer to as an award winning model smart city in gujarat right tell me about this venture so this is uh, uh, prime minister modi used to travel overseas when he was chief minister and he would always say that these are financial centers and mm. he would always be surprised to see that uh, in each of these uh, centers that is in london hong kong shanghai and other places in new york uh, financial activities pertaining to india was happening in those centers okay and uh, amazingly they were all uh, people of indian origin and he would always wonder why can't these people be back in india mm. uh so there were two reasons which were identified one was the regulation which is to you know the business or rather the money flows mm-hmm. uh, on its easiest path as they say so regulations needed to be kind of uh, you know cleaned up and uh, thereafter uh, right input was given that a lot of these people from indian origin uh, prefer to stay overseas because of quality of life and infrastructure and so on and so forth so i think he took it upon himself to come up with this you know grand idea of uh, creating what is called uh, in gujarat international finance tech city mm-hmm. and uh, in the, you know whatever he does he feels that it should be a model and uh, the smart city movement in india had three different types of smart city and we were listed there as a model city and we were listed there as a model city for the reason because uh, it's not only about infrastructure mm-hmm. first and foremost gift city has some phenomenal infrastructure it has uh, no air conditioners it has what is called city wise district coolings okay. so there is there are there are no individual air conditioners there are no garbage vans in the city because the the garbage moves through the shoots and ducts and travels oh wow at a at a, at a, at a sort of a high speed Uh, the entire city has 19 or 20 or i don't know whatever that number is today the set of utilities are underground so you would not find a board which will say you know there is a digging going on or you whatever you will in that sense so these are all multiple uh, utilities passing through underground tunnel mm-hmm. you know the smart city smart lights and all of that is pretty much there so these are the as i call it the hardware of the city wow and the software of the city is it is india's uh, first international financial services city which is in the news these days and i think why is it that people have to go to singapore or mauritius or uh, you know uh, different other parts of the world as mm-hmm. why can't we have the regulations and do some of these activities smartly in india so it's a good combination of hardware and software as i call it mm-hmm. and it ha- it has a character of the city and which is what the gift city is all about ashtosh amazing amazing so you know there has been a lot of talk of smart cities ever since prime minister modi came uh, does it mean uh, the smart cities that are now going to be built uh, would would work towards getting this kind of infrastructure i mean this is completely unheard of uh, in india what uh, you're learning about gift city yeah so uh, 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 you know we can have a hour long conversation on the smart city subject right. itself but yeah. within that within that domain there is a component called greenfield smart city okay and this one is a good example of a greenfield smart I city see. okay uh, there are two other types of smart city one is a redevelopment another is uh, of course you know readaptation of certain areas so mm-hmm. i think i think uh, it requires money but there are people who are beginning to do a copy paste of this model 
mm-hmm. and uh, i am aware of few of those which are coming up in india so mm-hmm. i think it's a great beginning that has been made uh, it is a good example to prove it to the world as well as to india and the indian citizens that this can mm-hmm. be done mm-hmm. it has been done and it is successful so let's hope for the best that's all i would say so you know when i was reading about you and gift city i was fascinated to see that you know there are 150 plus companies there are 10000 professionals what goes into managing such a large enterprise so i think the i have always uh, as i said you know i have been fortunate enough to have that service orientation mm-hmm. uh, and irrespective of the shape and size of the uh, team if you have built in that culture of service orientation mm-hmm. i think it goes a long way uh, ashtosh mm-hmm. uh the second or third thing is that as i said while i was fortunate but i also bl- bring in an element of uh, a passion in terms of what is to be delivered and hence i find a credo or a, some kind of a, a tagline for anything and everything i do so okay. uh, when i was in south africa for example doing that work uh, i ended up saying to my team members that you are here to change the history you are mm-hmm. here to change the cost of doing business in the african continent and come to think of it you will have umpteen stories to narrate to your grandchild and so was the case in gift city i would always tell our people that it's not about building another building or another kilometer of road mm. you are part of history in the making mm. as in when the history would be written you would be very proud of the fact that your name would exist mm. so i think the i think the element of passion to bring in together and on a practical leadership style it is also about the fact that uh, you empower people you know to to deliver what they want to deliver mm-hmm. and uh, i have this fundamental philosophy ashtosh that no one gets up in the morning and goes out of his or her home to fail you know everybody wants to succeed nobody wants to fail human beings are excellent correct ex- examples and uh, you know uh in fact very early in my career i came across a definition of empowerment uh, which is to say permission to fail mm-hmm. so if you if you tell people that uh, you know go ahead and do the job and mm-hmm. as long as it is making a difference as long as it is making things better mm-hmm. uh you have the empowerment to uh, you know go ahead and take the decisions and do it mm-hmm. so such a large enterprise can never work if you do not have a good team Correct. and it's not only about good team they should have clarity of purpose as well as the right empowerment to hit the right buttons ashtosh amazing so you know uh, ajay you've led you know so many companies in so many different countries across multiple businesses what are some of the core values you personally believe in i think it's the uh, uh, i have to i have to without fail say mm-hmm. that uh, you know Uh, personal discipline is expected from people uh, in these kind of positions mm-hmm. but i think the ethics and integrity uh, uh, probably bring in that much more clarity you know okay. you don't have to uh, because that is what also brings in what i call it as authenticity as mm-hmm. far as leadership is concerned and i strongly believe that uh, these days particularly youngsters particularly the environment around us with so much of information being available uh people are able to see through you if you are not authentic hmm. so i think i think those are those are common thread of uh, the value system that one kind of carries okay uh it gels in very well as far as the discipline part is concerned and mm-hmm. um, i think part of it is also because of the fact that 
I've had a 14 to 15 year association with uh, groups like, you know, Tata Group, uh, Godrich Group. Mm. Uh, I work with some of the multinationals and overseas and uh, US and South mm. Africa. So, mm. yeah, that's what, you know, brings in that kind of uh, clarity. And that's what one is able to carry forward in the leadership. Story. Very interesting. And what would you say is your leadership style? My, uh, my personal style is... Uh, you know, there's a bit of push and bit of pull, okay. uh, which is which is a which is subject when I initiate a discussion upon. Uh, mm. A lot of people get caught up in the nuances, but I make it very simple. Mm. Uh, there are times, uh, you know, when you have to push the team. There are times when you are achieving a larger purpose. You have to get everybody around you, you know, mm. which is in my way what is called pull and okay. sharing sharing a common uh, sort of vision. Mm-hmm. So, so one third push and two thirds pull is the mantra that I follow. Okay. The more people are involved, the more people are able to rally around you, the more people are able to kind of relate to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not getting into the hygiene factors, uh, Ashutosh, about that a leader has to be a good storyteller or a good, mm-hmm. you know, uh, communicator and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Uh, because at the end of the day, it is finally, uh, you know, the way people are able to relate to it and the way you are able to sort of pull everybody together. Hmm. So it is uh, it is two-thirds pull, one-third push is the mantra I have followed. And I have no reasons to believe at this stage that I should change that thought process. Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> so one more question for you before I move to the next segment. And this is, you know, you have worked with people over the last three and a half decades, as you said. Today, the... Age belongs to the millennials and the Gen Zs. What has been your experience of working with millennials and Gen Zs as compared to the generations before them? Oh, I think um, um, uh, even now, uh, I am, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate because I'm uh, fairly uh, well entrenched in the startup ecosystem. Uh, you know, for the last six, seven years, I have been an angel investor and uh, I have a portfolio of companies and I interact with them quite a lot. And these are all, you know, uh, jeans and t-shirt guys, uh, if you will, in that sense. And there's a reason why I chose to be part of that. Mm -hmm. A, they keep you alive. Correct. B, they keep you engaged with newer innovation and newer ways of doing things, be it Mm -hmm. technology, be it whichever way you want to call it. C, I think they also keep you on your toes. You know, they don't take anything on face value. Mm. which uh, in some sense forces you to uh, do your homework well. Mm -hmm. So if you have to talk to them, if you have to sit on the table with a technology discussion, you can't just be, uh, you know, sitting and uh, looking at the wall. You have to be prepared yourself. So my experience with this group of people is that they actually bring in a lot of life, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of, uh, 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 substance onto the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the same way, I think uh, they also challenge your thoughts. So Correct. you should be you should be ready to be challenged. Unlike, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm not saying that the past style was not bad. I think mm-hmm. it's the question of adapting to the newer Correct. world. Yeah. But these but these millennials, I think, uh, very rightly so because of the information overload or whichever way you want to call it. You have to be crisp, clear, quick, and you know, uh, be a be a sort of good sport, if you will, in that sense, to be well with said. them. On the table. Well said. So let's talk a little bit about now your role as an independent director. You know, you're on the board of several companies. And in the last few years, the fiduciary responsibility of an independent director 
is the same as an executive director my question to you is what do you look for before you accept a board position so one thing is uh, i think uh, you know there are every individual person has their own checklist of what Correct. you look for uh my checklist is very simple i think there has to be some homework about what the company is who are the people involved in it mm-hmm. and uh, more importantly i look for uh, uh you know what could be the board dynamics based on the people who are present there it mm-hmm. should not become a over dominated story by one individual or two individuals uh there should be a place for robust discussion that may sort of happen mm-hmm. uh there has also to be you know some bit of uh, Uh, should i use the word track record of making sure uh, mm-hmm. i'm not talking only of performance i'm talking about some of the compliances etc because mm-hmm. today the world is transparent i mean even before you say rip van winkle you know about a company you go on to the web you know what is happening what is not happening so there should be no visible red flags uh, i'm using the word visible with fair amount of caution mm-hmm. there should be no visible red flags but uh, i think as long as the processes are there there is a good platform for discussion and uh, uh, i think it's a it's a, you know that's what i normally look for normally okay. i would look for and of course a word or two of recommendations from somebody uh, because you know nobody knows it better than the people who have done it already they are who have been associated with them so i think those are some of the individual points that i uh, look for okay and a follow up question to that ajay would be that you know there have been some horror stories over the last 10 years and in some boardrooms with independent directors as an independent director what is your view on the level of transparency that is needed in boardrooms so the best part best part is that uh, uh, i think a lot depends on uh, the management team itself as to mm-hmm. what is it that they want to you know talk about because see board members are not running the day to day affairs of the company correct and i have been on both sides of the table you know and many a time when i was uh, i've been md and ceo for 15 20 years so many a times before my board meeting i used to wonder is this good enough for me to uh, you know be placed onto the board because mm-hmm. board will not know if i don't even place it you know Correct. many a time some of those details are not yeah. there so yeah. is it is it going to be a classical case of am i giving them a stick to beat me Mm. and uh, so i think if you are on the other side of the table you appreciate that the person across the table has been through the same feeling and uh, flair i have worked with a very simple philosophy and my philosophy is that if you are in doubt disclose okay right in other words should i should i not i would say err on the side of uh, caution you know, caution mm-hmm. and disclose mm-hmm. it's good both for the management team it's good both for uh, anyone and everyone mm-hmm. and uh, at least one would not be blamed for not placing it on the table mm-hmm. you know i think that's the way i sort of uh, look for okay so if you apply that theory as far as the independent directors uh, situation and what you referred to in the corporate mm-hmm. world in the recent time has come through mm-hmm. i would say uh, in some or other sense wherever you have seen the issues that have happened i think the management team or whichever way you want to call it even if they were in doubt they chose not to disclose mm-hmm. and that's why we are where we are i would right. i would probably say mm-hmm. also some process failures may have happened i personally believe that none of these things happen on an overnight basis mm-hmm. it's a it's a result of few weeks few months few right. quarters all right. of that 
so there are ample opportunities mm-hmm. for somebody to uh, make the right disclosure mm-hmm. so that's my sort of read of the very situation interesting. very very interesting thank you so you know let's move to the last segment of our conversation which are some questions for you personally um ajay so much success all over the world led large companies what does success mean to ajay uh i would i would say that uh, my personal uh, definition has been that if i have been able to make a difference in terms of whatever i have done mm-hmm. and even after i have left that place if people still remember me both in the organization as well as in the business circles or associates where i was for a legacy that i have left behind and i still sort of am in touch with them with fairly positive uh, sort of bend of mind mm-hmm. i think i have done my job because i was sent there for a purpose or i was deputed for a purpose mm-hmm. uh, been there done that but not only done that it's also i'm cherishing that and i love to talk about it in any and every forum or you know go back to those people so i think it is that personal satisfaction mm-hmm. uh, or that enrichment which is very very close to my heart and that's what to me success is all about amazing and therefore a follow up question to that is that what or who keeps inspiring you to keep on pushing the envelope uh, to keep <laughs> doing more and more so i think the i think at different stages of life you know you get impressed by different uh, individuals yeah. and uh, i am of the belief that uh, you know when i started my career there were people who um, i still remember a favorite uh, you know there was a boss of mine who always said if you have decided to be part of this rat race make sure you are the best rat in the town mm. uh, or else you leave the space you know there's uh, this is a competitive world you have to be running at your best mm-hmm. and likewise i can count at every stage people have added their deltas so to speak so that the end sigma is that much more interesting and better right. but i think but i think the i think the uh, 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 what keeps me going is uh, the fact that i i try and read wherever i can i try and interact with people i love talking to people i love having conversation i love keeping myself abreast of what is happening in and around me uh, i think it's a combination of all of these things ashutosh which probably wonderful it keeps me going wonderful so i have time for two more questions for you please my next question is on failure i have a new book coming out in in march on failure uh, and it's been my hypothesis that in india particularly maybe asia in general indian parents don't tell children it's okay to fail and that manifests itself in our behavior patterns right yet we fail my question to you ajay is what have been your learnings from some of your mistakes or failures so failures uh, uh, i have i have uh, i think it has been i would i wouldn't say failure as a result of something i think i've like any other professional would have i've had situations when sure. there have been some error of judgments and right. uh, uh, one of the learnings is that uh, in the in the initial stages i'm talking about uh, let's say 20 years ago or 15 years ago mm-hmm. you know, there were times when i should have given more thought to what is happening and uh, uh uh i tended to uh out of the nine or 10 things i tended to take one or two for granted mm. uh, without uh, validating them 
and i think that uh, bounced back on me in some some sense so one of the key learnings was that if it is an important thing that uh, come what may uh, you cannot have a 80% tick rate and 20% drop off so i think you should also cover the uh, you know 20% uh, so to so to speak and that has happened uh, 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 you know once or twice and after that i have uh, that has been a good learning and the and the second thing which uh, in fact i i love to uh, interact with people a lot on the organizational side i would say is uh, you know which is sort of firming up my belief of uh, you know what is empowerment what is uh, you know how much of leverage you can give how much of uh, you know pull thing you should do mm-hmm. that i spoke about and also uh, i think i think i did mention to you earlier about this permission to fail correct and uh, you know that's how you begin to sort of uh, you know begin to do it mm. so i think uh, 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 some of these have been some good learnings as far mm. as i'm concerned about the teams that i work with fantastic and uh, i'm going to ask you this one more question even though i know we've run out of time but as such a successful professional our conversation will be watched by thousands and thousands of young individuals what would your advice be to a young individual starting off on their journey in the corporate world just be yourself and uh, believe in what you are you know what you aspire for mm. if you have the right passion and the right hard work and stay focused uh, i think uh, results do come it there may be hiccups but i think at the end of the day if you just follow these two three things uh and i know it's a cliche but be that as it may this is how i would sort of advise the younger yes. uh, lots to come through that's that's incredible advice ajay thank you so much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you and i wish you lots of success in whatever you're doing thanks ashutosh it was pleasure for me as well thank you thank you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you